All right. Well, welcome to our second episode of Shillin' and Chillin'. Today's guest is coming to us from the only known country slash continent, Australia. Mr. Cameron Breen is going to be joining us today. He is the founder of Moonwalker FM. So just wanted to introduce Cameron a little bit. Cameron, can you tell me a little bit about yourself as far as, um, I guess, kind of, you know, you're obviously doxxed, which is... Um, you know, the new trend in the, in the market. So give us a little bit of your background. Well, uh, g'day mate. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. So, uh, my background is, uh, originally as a, a touring musician. Um, I was a music producer. I made dance music. Um, I was quite successful with that, uh, you know, toured internationally, you know, music on BBC, Radio One, um, iHeartRadio, Triple J, etc. Wow. Um, and I did that for about uh, six or seven years, from about fifteen to um, twenty-three or so, and then um, and then COVID hit, obviously. But during this time, I was also uh, building a business with my music partner. Uh, it was a social media business, and uh, in this business. Uh, we grew Facebook pages. That was essentially what our focus was. Um, we managed a bunch of brands and um, built our own brands as well as managing uh, influencers. Uh, so we did that for a good while. Uh, and then COVID hit, obviously, and, uh, you know, tours all got cancelled. Um, and, you know, the adpocalypse happened in Facebook that cut revenue significantly. So we had to shift, um, went into apps and games, did that for a while. Uh, during this time, I was also, yeah, I've been into crypto for a, for a long time. And uh, then at the beginning of the year, I kind of got into NFTs and, and started understanding the possibilities. And, uh, you know, I was really excited about the communities and what everyone was building. So I kind of jumped headfirst into that, started speaking to people. And uh, now I'm here uh, in the, uh, the amazing and incredibly fast-paced world of uh, NFTs. No, for sure. I was just talking to somebody today, actually, and we were, we were saying how you can come up to speed so quickly in this market. You know, if you've if you've been in NFTs for three months, then you kind of know pretty much what you need to know about NFTs. If you've been it for a year, then uh, you're considered a veteran. So it's definitely a unique market, you know, definitely different than I would say the music scene. You know, building a brand is a, is a much faster and easier process in this in this area would you would you agree with that oh, i could not agree more that is um an understatement i feel because as a musician uh it is incredibly hard to build an audience um it, it is not an easy thing even you know some of the best musicians that i know uh they struggle to to find an audience and that's um not uncommon and with the nft space i feel like you know if you have um you know decent art uh decent advertising decent social media knowledge uh, you can build a brand uh, extremely quickly, uh, which is, you know, this is the new wave of brand building. Because I remember back in the day when, uh, you know, Facebook really started to come into its own in terms of video content, even though it's a, uh, can, can I swear? Can I swear? Absolutely. We encourage it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we want this to be as shit showy as possible. Okay. Just, just, just double check it. Yeah. So what I literally was going to say is, Facebook is a shit show of uh, video content, but nonetheless, uh, you could grow brands in insanely quick, um, insanely quickly just through shit posting and memes, and you were able to generate revenue off a nine-second video. It was nuts. Um, and there was just no rules. And uh, 
that's how I feel like this space is right now. It's so early. Uh, you know, it's the Wild West where there's literally basically no rules in terms of uh, what everyone's doing. You know, you see people, and it's a, it's, it's a uh, double-edged sword because, you know, some people um, take advantage of that in the right way, and there's a lot of people that take advantage of that in the wrong way as well. And, um, you know, that's uh, the fortunate and unfortunate part of being um, so early into um, a space of innovation. Yeah, and I think my curiosity, I know, and we're going to get into, you know, obviously the project that, that you have, but what I'd like to know before, before we get into that is, so obviously, you know, you were a name out there in the music industry. I'm curious, obviously COVID stopped the, the touring and everything. I'm not very well versed in the, the music world. So I'd be curious to know what does that look like now, as far as your brand on the music side, has that, you know, all the followers that you had, what has happened with that? How are you keeping them engaged? Well, to be honest, um, you, you know, with my my brand, if you want to look it up, it's uh, it's called Bad Decisions, um, and it was a it was a it was a duo. So it was me and my and my music partner, um, and you know, we were also in business together. We were, you know, we've known each other for like ten years. Uh, but you know, through all this uh, stress of you know not only music, having a business together, um, and then COVID hitting, and you know, everything kind of. Uh, getting really tough um we ended up going our separate ways mm-hmm. uh so um i i kept the brand because uh i was generally the face of the brand you know i was the uh, majority um you know music maker um and, and social face of it um so i kept it but uh it, it's um it's not really something that I'm pursuing uh that type of music anyway because we were making a lot of uh, future bass and trap music uh, you know, a lot of festival music and like, I'll always have a place uh, in my heart for that type of music. Uh, but the reality is, is I, when I go into my Spotify playlist, I don't listen to that stuff anymore. Like obviously the select artists that, um, you know, I've always listened to and they inspire me and they, they still inspire me. Uh, however, my music focus has, has shifted. And, uh, even before Moonwalker FM, uh, which is a lo-fi based, uh, record label, uh, I was starting to get into lo-fi heavily um, just because it was, you know, so calm, so relaxing. I could listen to it wherever, whenever. Uh, and I, it was, to be honest, it was very easy for me to make because in these other genres, uh, it's a lot more complex, if I'm being honest. Is it like, you know, I could make a song with a hundred layers um, it, when I was making Future Bass or Trap, uh, but with Lo-Fi, it's a lot simpler. Uh, it's maybe like 10 tracks or 15 tracks. Um, and that, you know, like that being said, more layers doesn't mean good, uh, but it, it is a, a lot easier to put together. So um, I still have that brand. I still have Bad Decisions, and I use it more as a, a personal page because, you know, people people knew my face, people knew me as a person. Right. Um, so I, I use it more as a, as a personal brand now. Um but uh, yeah, so that, that's kind of the situation with that. That's interesting. You know, I, 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 I tend to agree as far as like the, the ease of listening, depending on the type of music. I worked at a, a company where we would have, we'd go out for lunch sometimes with our boss and everyone kind of that worked there and we'd ride in his car. And as soon as you got in, it was blaring techno. And it always blew my mind that he's just like driving around, you know, just easygoing, listening to blaring techno, but I guess to each their own, but that's definitely the minority. So 
obviously coming from a music background, it seems like you're going to bring, you know, a unique take to the NFT space and that translates into the project that you're, you know, you've kind of developed. So tell us a little bit about, um, you know, Moonwalkers FM, like what's, what's that about? Yeah. So essentially, um, it's an NFT based record label, um, uh, uh specifying with, uh, with lo-fi, um, and we offer passive rewards to holders, uh, with a unique seasonal rollout of songs. So we, um, we release 50 songs in a season. Um, and with those 50 songs, uh, 100 of our NFTs are then associated with those songs. And, uh, and you can identify that through the artwork. Um, I'll, I'll, fair, I'll send you a, you know, a picture of the artwork so you can, you can understand, but, uh, you know, it, basically people can identify what tracks they're associated with, uh, via the artwork, you know, you see their minting number on the artwork, you see, um, their, their NFT, obviously. Uh, and then, you know, we do a quarterly assessment, uh, just like, you know, the music industry generally sends out, um, you know, profits uh, quarterly. So we do a quarterly royalty assessment and, uh, send our rewards from that and people can claim their rewards. Uh, but essentially, uh, the, the reason I started all the, uh, reason I started Move Walker FM was, uh, I was living overseas for the most most of the time during COVID, um, cause I had the business in, in Eastern Europe. And, uh, when I got back, uh, you know, I caught up with a lot of my friends, a lot of my friends, are musicians, uh, and a common theme was that, and you know, these musicians, they're not, um, they, they were making enough to survive, you know, they weren't, um, killing it in, you know, financially, uh, maybe socially they were doing well, but, uh, you know, they weren't getting the streams, um, or shows. Uh, necessary to, to be really comfortable, right? right? So some of them already working one job. Uh, some of them are full-time musicians, but when I came back, caught up with them, uh, a common theme that I found was they either had to pick up a second job or they had to pick up a job uh, to support themselves because uh, at least in Australia, uh, we haven't had shows uh, for a year and a bit. They've only just started coming back in the last few months. And uh, they've been majority of them have been stand-up shows, uh, sorry, not stand-up shows, uh, sit-down shows. So uh, you can't actually, you know, make a, a proper club. Uh, mm. You know, it's, it's a very tame event. And that limits a lot of musicians because, you know, different musicians bring different energies. Right. Uh, and so I thought to myself, you know, this is clearly a problem. And even if I can make a difference to a select amount of musicians, uh, I want to, I want to do that, uh, because I know how it is. Uh, I was that struggling music- musician for a very long time, uh, you know, traveling internationally with 20 bucks in my account. Like I know how that feels. And, uh, you know, if, if I can make a, a difference with that, I will. Uh, and so that, that's kind of the catalyst for, for making Moonwalker FM initially. Uh, and now, you know, we've got some amazing artists, part of our team. Um, and you know, they're all for it. They, uh, they love what we're doing and and we love them dearly. They're they're now good friends of mine. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, no, no, I, I think that's a really good point that you brought up. I think there's a definitely a misconception with fame translating into financial security. I, I think that, 
you know, that's in, not just in the music, in the music world. I, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not doxxed. Um, but I, you know, I have shot pool competitively. I actually played hockey on a competitive level and on, in a, on a semi-pro level actually. And I was very young when I did that. I had gotten offered to be drafted at a higher level, opted not, not to go that route. And, but, um, we, I had teammates that were more in the adult age range where they were doing this for the, you know, for a living. And that's how they're making the, their primary income. But in the off season, remember this is, you know, this is, um, you know, minor league hockey here. So in the off season, they were, they actually created a company and were, were mowing lawns. They were, they created they this um, lawn mowing service during the, the summer times in the off season because they were struggling. I mean, you know, the mentality when you're seeing these people on the ice is, wow, they're, you know, they've got it all together. They've made it. They've, you know, they're living the dream because everyone, you know, is cheering for them and there's this big stadium. But the fact of the matter is the reality is unless you're in the, the upper echelon of whatever this it is, whether it's music or sports or wherever the case may be, you know, you are still struggling and it's important because I think a lot of these consumers have a preconceived notion that these people are already making it. They're already successful. There's no reason for me to kind of put that extra effort into supporting them. And the same thing goes for on the, on the art side as well. You see these artists that you are name familiar with and think that they're living the high life and in actuality, they're you know, like you said, having $20 in their pocket to, to make things happen. So can you kind of go a little bit more into how you're locating these artists that are, you know, struggling. I know, obviously you said you had some connections in the, in the industry. Um, but I'm sure that, you know, you're, you're having to tap into some, some new, new faces. How are you locating these, these individuals? Uh, so generally when I started out, uh, looking for people, it was more of just, uh, you know, I was reaching out to people that I, that I already knew, um, and just checking in with them and, and seeing if, you know, they know people, um, and you know, cause I already, already have a fair amount of people that I can, I can contact for that. Sure. Uh, but to be honest, they kind of just, uh, came to me, um, mm. for the most part. And, uh, it was a very organic thing. And I actually, um, I actually found the very first artist, uh, that I, I brought on in Boring Bananas. Oh, wow. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, shout out Boring Bananas. Yeah, Bananas uh, bringing, bringing lives together. <laughs> yeah, for real. And, and honestly, like, and shout out uh, Honeybee, Brian Cordova. He's an absolute uh, legend. And, um, yeah, he, that well, that's what kind of kicked everything off. And um, it's, it's been very organic since. Uh, but in, in terms of, uh, you know, expanding that, uh, something that we plan to do uh, in the future is, uh, you know, launch pads and, uh, you know, bringing up, uh, you know, relatively unknown or, um, you know, struggling artists and putting them in a position where they can get a bit of exposure and, um, you know, we can we can push their music effectively. Um, because uh, the, one of the main thing, you know, with musicians, right, most of them, now obviously I'm not speaking for here, but a lot of musicians they don't really care about finances you know mm -hmm. they just want to create they want to play their music uh and they just want to enjoy themselves right um and that's coming from from experience like you know at, at one point in my life i didn't give a shit about my finances i just wanted to make it 
Sure. You know, that's all I cared about. And I would put every single cent that I made back into the music uh, in order to progress. And so, you know, this is a, this is a problem that a lot of mus- musicians face. And especially with lo-fi, it's very hard to, like, actually make a name for yourself, you know, because a lot of the time lo-fi is very faceless um, because it, it, it kind of, you know, melts together in a sense. Sure. Uh, so, you know, giving... Uh, those opportunities to people is something that I would have wanted when, when I was, you know, 16 to, to 20. Um, and that's kind of what I'm thinking. I, I just kind of think what would, what would 18 year old Cameron uh, be looking for, mm. you know, in this situation? Sure. I think that's, that's huge. You know, coming from being able to kind of put that personal touch in, I've been there before. So I kind of have an idea of, what would be useful and what wouldn't. And I think that's, that's the same mentality that, you know, we're here at octopus man marketing and consulting. Like we, we had the same experience. You know, I, I started off, I launched a project and it was a complete failure and I launched another one and it was a complete failure and seeing projects like boring bananas and um, you know, space punks club and and projects that we were very uh, blessed to be involved with and see the success and, and how those those developed and the professionalism that was put behind it gives us a better sense of, hey, look, you know, we know where you're coming from as a struggling individual sometimes or one or two people that are putting this project together. We know where you're coming from. We know you're putting your heart and soul into this project because I've got, I've done that before. I've gone through that process of falling on my face. It wasn't like we started off where we were with these multi-million dollar projects that were very successful. You know, we a lot of us started off with working a passion project and not going well and having to regroup and figure it out. So I think that that's that perspective is really important. Um how many artists do you guys currently have? So with the first season, uh we have four artists. So uh, I know it doesn't sound like a lot. But uh, we wanted to uh, create a foundation. For um, sure. I Quality over quantity. For sure. Yeah, exactly. And I already have, um, you know, several artists lined up for, for the next season, which I'm super pumped about. Uh, but, you know, it, it came together so quick. And uh, the people that we're working with have such quality uh, that for the first season, that's really all we needed. Uh, and, you know, when you kicking off a brand, uh, you know, you don't want to spread it too thin mm-hmm. uh, in, in regards to what you're promoting. So uh, we wanted to be able to, uh, you know, put these people on a pedestal and and really show them off um, as, as individuals. And, um, yeah, so obviously as the seasons progress, it'll, it'll fit out a lot more and we'll uh, be adding more and more artists to the roster. But, um, yeah, for season zero, that's what we're doing. And where are you guys in the process of that? So uh, season zero is uh, going to be launching on the 7th of January, uh, which is super, super exciting. Uh, that's, you know, when we're releasing our first batch of 50 songs. Uh, and yeah, I, I couldn't be more excited. Like there's, it's been a, a long time coming and yeah, uh, you know, this is where this is where it really starts. You know, t- to be honest, uh, this is this is where Moonwalk FM really starts because, um, you know, I can say all that I want, talk, you know, say whatever numbers, but you know, the proofs, uh, the proofs in the pudding, 
Right. And uh, and I have a feeling that the pudding is going to be excellent. So, uh, you know, after we do our first season and people start to see the the benefits of being a part of Milwaukee FM, um, you know, I have no doubt that we'll be a mainstay. And uh, you know, we're, we're building. Uh, we're building for the future. We're not building for the moment. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about season zero. Yeah, and I and I agree. I think what the community is looking for right now are projects they know are going to be around for a long time. And you know, I definitely think you know, obviously, you and I have been in contact for for many months regarding this project. And you know, although we're not working on it directly. We obviously support you guys and, you know, it's a, it is a really a revolutionary project. I think that, that the community kind of needs and showing that, you know, you guys are here to stay, I think helps to have that organic growth. You know, you guys aren't focused on trying to blow out numbers right off the bat and just having that, that slow and steady organic growth, I think is going to work to your, to your benefit long-term for sure. And I'm sure it's, it's a project that's going to stay around for a very long time. Um, as far as on the, I guess the, the the burning question that I'm sure individuals that are listening are going to have is on the artist side, what does that benefit look like? Are they are they getting a percent equity in in the sale? How is that working on on the artist side? Yeah, so generally record labels uh, take between fifty to seventy percent sometimes of uh, track royalties, depending on your deal. Um, they also just have terrible deals. Uh, you know, I've been on the end of some absolutely disgusting deals that I felt like I had no choice but to go with because of, uh, you know, the potential of bringing, uh, I mean, new fans, right? Sure. I mean, something's uh, better than nothing and, and 30% of a lot of money is, is still a lot of money. So I, I get that for sure. Yeah. But then on top of that, um, you know, there's marketing expenses. Uh, and there's also um, mixing expenses, mixing, mastering, uh, as well as, uh, you know, artwork. And all these things come off the top before you actually start getting money. So, uh, you know, mixing and mastering could be $1,000, uh, artwork $500, um, you know, depending on, the, depending on the label, they may, um, you know, take the marketing out and that could be, you know, two to five thousand dollars so um a lot of the time you know i've been in a in a deal where uh i was technically owing them money <laughs> you wow. know wow. Um, yeah. obviously they didn't make me pay that but sure. um, that was the position i was in and i and the song did well the song has over a million streams i'm not going to say which one it is but um that deal was terrible for me uh so basically with moonwalker fm uh, the artist, it's a um, 45 10 45 split. And what I mean by that is the artist gets 45%. Uh, the record label takes home 10%. And the other 45% uh, goes as uh, passive rewards to our holders. Um, it, yeah. And so uh, additionally, uh, we don't make the artist pay for any marketing expenses, uh, any artwork expenses, or any mixing and mastering services. So um, what they're uh, getting is what they're getting straight off the bat with no uh, hidden agenda or hidden catch. Um, and we try to make the process as easy as possible in terms of the contract. Um, you know, we're very straight up, very honest, we're open to negotiation and um, we just try to be as transparent as possible because at the end of the day, I'm an artist speaking to another artist. Um, and I've, like I said, I've been on the bad end of deals and sure. I know what, what that looks like. So um, we try to make the process as easy and simple and carefree as possible. 
Yeah, that's huge. I think, you know, you nailed it. You know, the, the opportunity that you guys are offering is huge and they're not having all those additional expenses. You're able to, to do all that for them and breaking them into an international market is crazy. It's a crazy opportunity. You know, it's one thing to be able to go out and do your music in a local club and be getting a following there, but it's such an international group. I mean, uh, our team alone, we have seven countries represented on just on our team, uh, you know, and client wise, we have somewhere in the same neighborhood in the ballpark. You know, we have we have client uh, right now. We currently have a client in Asia. We have a client in Australia, a client in Europe uh, and a client in Africa and North America. I think the oh, we actually do have a actually we're on every inhabitable continent right now. We have a client. So. Antarctica. Yeah, yeah. Well, inhabitable, you know, like uh, Antarctica is not. I mean, I guess. I mean, I guess you could inhabit it if you like, but uh, not not comfortably at least. But uh, it's it's amazing the international flavor that the NFT space has. Uh, I think what it's it does too is is make you realize that you know you're not as different as you think you are. You know, there may be some some small cultural differences, but for the most part, like it's it's a pretty similar mentality the individuals that seem to be flocking towards the nft space um so you have a unique ability to get in front of an international audience that have a similar mentality all at one time um so that's really really exciting so january again january 7th is the the launch of of season zero so that's exciting and what i'll do as well if you want to to ship me over some of your links and everything for your discord and your um, website and all that stuff, I would be happy to put it into the description of this episode. And that way people can, can readily find you as well. Sure thing. Are we, are we wrapping this up? Is that what that is? Yeah, like um, definitely it's more of like a final thoughts type of situation at this point. Um, would love to hear, you know, we've got about five more minutes. Um, would be happy to kind of hear your final thoughts um, on, on, I guess, the space or your project or anything you, you'd like to conclude with. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, first of all, again, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, you know, I, I feel like we're all in this insanely exciting space uh, where everything moves crazy, crazy fast. Um, and the one thing uh, I just want to say off the bat is, you know, take care of yourself. I know we all get, like, wrapped up in this space. We're on Discord 24-7. Uh, you know, take care of your mental health um, and, and just make sure you're, you're good. Uh, because you're always going to be, you know, your most effective when you're good in your head. Um, secondly, is you know, uh, I'm I'm so passionate about about music, and uh, you know, I think it, it brings everyone together. It's one of those things where most people can't live without it. Uh, it's something that, that that you know brings people together, brings them joy, um, and especially with lo-fi, uh, you know, it's in every case uh, type of music, and, and that's why I feel like it resonates with people. Um, and, you know, that type of uh, mass appeal and um, necessity of music is is what excites me so much. Um, and, you know, one of the reasons Moonwalker FM exists the way it does is to be a bridge between a uh, regular music listener, regular musician into the NFT space, right? Um, and I feel like, you know, we're on uh, 
you know, the cost of doing that. Uh, and I think it'll be another few years before we're fully indulged into the space in terms of regular people. Uh, but we're getting there and uh, we're all taking uh, the first steps towards that. Uh, so, and this goes for every music project. I'm stoked for all of them. There's some other really amazing ones out there. Um, you know, we're not trying to dominate the music, uh, you know, dominate the music genre in, uh, in the NFT space. We're just a, a little piece of the pie, which is lo-fi, and we plan to be the lo-fi station of the metaverse. So, um, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, no, and I, I appreciate you jumping on today as well. I th- definitely think, again, it's like a very innovative project and really excited to see how it develops. You know, I think um, through the, you know, obviously you and I would never have met through the NFT space. We're definitely in a lot, come from different worlds, but I think this has brought us together and, you know, definitely look forward to kind of seeing the progression of this project and hopefully um, sometime in the future, being able to, to, to do a collaboration on, on some things. So again, I appreciate Cameron. Thanks so much for, for joining us today on um, Shillin' and Chillin' and, for all of you guys, again, we will be posting all of the details for the launch um, in the message box. So if you guys have any um, questions for Cameron, I'll also include his his handle on Discord and his Twitter handle, all that good stuff. Um, until next time, this is Icon Jester from Octopus Man Marketing and Consulting, and we will see you next week.